Hey fam, thanks so much for joining us for another episode of See You Next Tuesday. Today we're hanging with Sarah, who you may already know from The Prepared Environment, which brings the Montessori philosophy into homes simply and on a budget, as well as the MIMO project, which promotes the emotional and mental well-being for children and their adults. But what you may not know behind the brand is the amazing mother, Montessori teacher and optimist building her business while taking care of her family who've been thrown some major curveballs this past year and have been facing the hurdles head on, openly, honestly, with a smile and sharing some tears. Oh, it's like such a complicated story. My mom sleeps in, so my grandpa has dementia, right? So my mom was doing the shift with him overnight. So the whole thing with dementia, I didn't realize is like your brain changes at sunset. Yeah. It's called a sundown, sundown syndrome. Your brain changes at sunset and you get like aggravated, insomnia, confused, like it's around dinner time and it goes overnight. So people with dementia can have a really hard time sleeping and they get really confused. Wow. Which is like the hardest time. So my, my mom has been doing the night shift with my grandpa for two years. So, but before he was like kind of waking up a few times, but it's been getting pretty bad. So he's waking up like constantly throughout the night. Mm -hmm. So then what's been happening is the new thing is my mom sleeps in here on the floor from seven until 11. That's when my uncle from next door or my other uncle will come over to be with my grandpa. Then my mom wakes up at 11 and she's with him from 11 till four. And then my dad is with him from four until eight. And then my mom sleeps again. So this is her bedroom, essentially. Um, Okay, so first thing, because I'm selfish, I'm like, you know, when we have kids and you don't sleep, and you got to get up in the middle of yeah. the day and they have nightmares. You got to yeah. help. That's when the payback is. And then I was thinking like, woohoo, freedom eventually when they're adults. But then the roles reverse again. Yeah. And then I guess the cycle kind of happens again. It's really yeah, hard. You, yeah. It's sad. Yeah. No. I didn't know that. And like, thank God my grandpa is like surrounded by people. Like someone's always with him. Like I am with him during the day. I, he doesn't want me to do the night thing. Cause he doesn't remember who I am at night, but he remembers who I am during the day. Yeah. Um, but like, he's always with someone, but I think about people who have no one, like, it's so sad. Like, mm-hmm. and even if you have four kids, like he has four kids, they all help. But like, even if you have four kids, there's no guarantee that anyone's actually gonna want to help. Right. So. Yeah. Oh, I didn't even, I didn't know about the timing, the timing of it too. I didn't know that was mm-hmm. an act. It's crazy. It's like really like um, I was reading about it because we were concerned and like a lot of um, at the nursing homes around like four or five, a lot of the older ladies will start to think they have to pick their kids up from school and they'll like get agitated. Like, they just feel like they have to be somewhere. It's really weird. When my grandma, um, when she dementia started to hit her, how we started to notice it, she'd like all of a sudden so my grandpa had a whole other family when they were younger and then she took so this other woman couldn't take care of their last kid so she left that kid at my grandma's door and my grandma ended up raising him as her own right like my youngest uncle (laughs) so then like we always knew this right but my grandma has forgiven him like she had forgiven him or whatever they had a very happy marriage and my grandpa basically spent the rest from that moment on had spent the rest of his life like making it up to my grandma 
But then when her dementia started happening, she would like act as if it was just happening then. And she just found out then and she would like kick him out. And I remember we all lived in Richmond at the time. like Or I lived in Queenborough and then my grandparents lived in the Hamilton area, which is like down the street. And then my uncle lived there too. And I got a phone call one day and my uncle was like, did your little by chance like come to your house last night? And I'm like, no. So my grandma kicked him out of the house. And so he was just in this car park at the gas station the whole time. Oh my but God, because like, she yeah. thought it just happened. Yeah. Even though it, it happened. Like, it was just like a repeat cycle. <laughs> it was just like this repeat cycle. So it's crazy. And then I heard like up until the end of, um, sorry, hold on. Yeah, up until the end of uh, her, her dementia, like until her, the end of her life, I should say. It was like really ridiculous, like how mean she was and how crazy it was. So it's really, it's kind of sad though, because depending on where they are in their dementia, it's like they get scared that they're confused. Like my grandpa knows something's wrong, but he doesn't know what it is. Like I think that's even harder, right? Mm-hmm. And if they're stubborn, like she was naturally a stubborn and like aggressively mean person. Yeah, like, yeah, just yeah. Story, yeah. And so it makes it worse. Yeah, so when she was like, she just confused, and then she wouldn't let her do, and then her body's weak, like you're not allowed to really move too much because your actual physical body can't move, but they don't get that because in their mind, they're like somewhere else. Yeah, it's a thing, like it's crazy. It's really hard. It makes you want to have so much money. So, like, when I'm older, Layla did like just hire three nurses, yeah, yeah, yeah. and come see me during the day when I'm like, okay, you know. Hey fam, thanks for coming to another episode of See You Next Tuesday podcast. I'm Barb and this is my co-host. Okay. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> co-host? Yeah. Hi. That's LJ. And today we're chatting with Sarah from the Prepared Environment and the Memo Project. So a little bit about the Memo Project. Um, they're into promoting the emotional and mental well-being of children and their adults. So Sarah, hello, welcome. Hi friends, how are you? Actually, sorry, let's chat about the prepared environment also because I feel like the prepared environment was your first baby. Yeah. I mean, mean, your first baby was Layla. Yeah. (laughs) It was my second baby, my first business baby. Business baby. Yeah. Is the prepared environment. And under the prepared environment though, that's why I don't want to speak to it. There are a lot of different things and parts to it yeah I think I'm just multi I don't want to say multifaceted but multi-interested in a lot of things so the prepared environment is just I'd love to simplify the Montessori philosophy for parents and teachers because I really believe in it and I think it can get um, kind of the of the wrong rap from Pinterest and Instagram and people think it's one way when really it's not um, and so I just like to simplify the philosophy and make it approachable and accessible to everyone and you are a Montessori teacher as well yes I'm a Montessori teacher I have been for 16 years I was a Montessori child I'm a Montessori trainer so I know a lot about Montessori in the classroom but it's putting it at home that I even am learning all the time what that means and so I want to break it down for parents and make it easier for them yeah I have to say speaking on how you were saying everyone just had a certain idea of what Montessori was like before I met you I had a certain idea of what Mm. Montessori was based on what I've seen from specific 
from Instagram. From Instagram. Yeah, influencer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I was like, oh, that's not for me. And then after meeting you, I'm like, well, it's too late now. But that that would have been so awesome if yeah. I could see that. Yeah. And I think that's the thing. I think that it's like people have an interpret. Most of the time, I meet people and they're like, Montessori is good, or there's usually a good feel about it. But it's either Montessori is too strict. It's not strict enough. It's this. It's that. And it's like very polarized. But no one really knows exactly what it is unless your child's been in a Montessori school. And Montessori schools are not necessarily the same as Montessori homes. And so transferring that philosophy doesn't mean that you have to transfer all the materials and you shouldn't. You don't need a Montessori material in your class to have a Montessori like inspired home. Um, and Montessori herself never like made a manual for homes. She only did schools. So everything we do now is like an interpretation of what we think she would say. Uh, but there's no like award for a Montessori home or like specific things you have to do. Um, but I think influencers and like I said, Pinterest, people love beautiful spaces. It can be very inspiring, but it can also be really intimidating for people. And then they just turn off of it. And they're like, like you said, that's not for me. I'm not like that. Um, and so I kind of want to break that down and make sure it's a little bit more accessible for people. I love that. And you did an amazing job. We had one room in our house that was kind of just a dumping room where everything got dumped into. COVID happened, homeschooling happened. And then I'm like, Sarah, I need your help. I have three kids. They're going to be schooled at home. We need to get a space for them and get things organized. And you made it happen. And it was amazing. And like you said, it wasn't like bringing a Montessori school into the house and getting all the supplies it was just more organizing the space and their work in a manner that is inspiring for them yeah yeah and that was so fun I think we talked most of the time I just found excuses to come back and drop things off but yeah I think it's like you know the whole thing with Montessori philosophy is that it's like for children it's accessible to children they can be independent they know where things are yeah. it's organized so those are things anyone can do it just can seem a little overwhelming at first um and then lj i loved your place we hung out too with your girls yeah. and had so much fun i'm gonna say you know i think the best part for me at least i think the hardest thing for me was to try and get the kids to let go of some of their yeah. shit like we had as, as you saw we had a lot of shit I think we had ended up with four of the construction garbage yeah. thing of yeah. stuff so Sarah did it in such a way where she got down to their level and was there were sections what were they again that like we'll save it for later we'll yeah. donate and um actually I think that was it yeah like and then keep, we keep and then keep, we keep. Out, yeah. keep for later and then donate yeah, yeah. And it's sometimes interesting right like when kids do it you're like uh, really you want to keep that or like <laughs> no I don't want you to get rid of it because it was so expensive or like I want that and yeah. so sometimes it can be surprising doing it with kids yeah so but it was nice and honestly we still follow that pattern now before any birthdays and since you've been there before Christmas Mm -hmm. we did the exact same thing and it was like okay because you know they get older things change lifestyle changes um so we did it again right before Christmas and it was like keep safe for later and donate and they actually wanted to donate a lot this time around. Awesome. And I was like oh and our keep pile was quite small but because they they knew their Christmas list was huge and then yeah, <laughs> yeah and then the uh keep for later was uh wasn't as big yeah that's so. awesome that's great it was so yeah. fun doing it with them and I saw that you have the new Calyx 
in that corner there. Mm -hmm. I think it looks great. Mm -hmm. It looks awesome. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. then after that, you had another business baby. Yes. Yeah. Called the Mimo Project. Yes. And that's, I think, a bit more mindful about mindfulness. Yeah. So the way that the Mimo Project started is um, I'm no longer a classroom teacher. My role is called a non-enrolling teacher. And so I was going into different classes, supporting them in different ways, um, either helping with kids who needed extra support or I was doing art with them or other things. Um, and so I was going into a lot of classes and some of the classes I went into were doing daily mindfulness activities. Um, they had a practice where they would do breathing and then they would also do like gratitude and they would say how they were feeling. And I noticed with those classes, um, they really, it made it feel so calm. I noticed a huge difference immediately after doing those practices uh, with the exact same age groups uh, that I had been working with. So some of the classes were doing it, some weren't. Um, and then I thought, hmm, how can we make this go a little bit further? Like there were no tools to use that I saw in those classes. So it was all kind of the teachers were directing it. They were sometimes using YouTube videos, sometimes not. And so I thought maybe I could come up with some tools that um, I could use as a parent, I could use as a teacher. And I started creating things and then beta testing it on the classes I was working with. So the great thing is I beta tested it on, I think I had 10 classes I beta tested it on. So almost 300 students. Um, and then also at home with Layla. And so I changed things. So the version I have now is not the version I started with because the kids would just tell me like, this doesn't make sense. Or they would cross things out um, or they would change it. And so I just updated it that way. Awesome. Okay. I love it. Then on top of all of that and COVID happening, family emergency happens. Yeah. So yeah, that was life hard. gets flipped. I mean, it's as if it's not nope. flipped around she, enough with COVID. She signed a lease on a space for it. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh my god. Yes. Yeah. Wait, you for the family emergency, do... rewind a yeah. space. Yeah, you you wanted to do classes, right? Or you wanted yeah. to start doing classes with kids, so. Yeah, so my yeah. vision was to do classes outside of school. I love art. I love doing my mindfulness practices. So I thought, why not do classes um, locally and see how that goes? And so I found a space with a good friend and we signed a lease. And then we renovated that space with my husband. Um, and then I think a couple weeks later, maybe a week after that, he started to feel sick and just not feel well. His body wasn't feeling well. And so he was at home for about six weeks um, and I was working full time. My daughter was in school. I wasn't using the space because it just didn't work out. And then he ended up getting so sick he had to go to the hospital. And so he's, and he's been in the hospital ever since. Yeah, yeah so he spent 104 days in the hospital. Yeah, I was going to say you, you posted about 100 and something days there. Yeah. Yeah. So how today's podcast episode happened was LJ and I were chatting and we're just like, how is Sarah doing everything by herself, like still on social media, posting all these amazing things, still have all these really cool initiatives like the I am mm -hmm. February mm -hmm. challenge, mm -hmm. still being positive, still, still keeping in contact with all of us. Yeah. How, how are you surviving having yeah. a smile on your face? I mean, I get it. There's a lot of shit that goes on behind the scenes that people don't see, but like, how, how are you surviving? 
Hmm. I mean, I honestly think that somehow I have created or I've been a part of a community that I feel I already am vulnerable in front of. I already feel supported by even before all this happened. Um, and so I feel like I really can just genuinely be myself with my friends, with YouTube, with Instagram, with my community. Like, I've already had that set up. And so it was like a natural thing for me to just keep sharing how I'm doing. And I don't really share everything um, because I feel like that's my husband's story to tell and not mine, but I definitely feel like I'm able to share what I'm going through and that people are there to support me. I feel supported 100% all around. Um, I just posted for my I am uh, sign like, I am okay, or it's okay to not always be okay. Like I always yeah. was the person who says, I'm okay. Like, how are you doing? I'm okay. I'm fine. I'm okay. I'm okay. Because first of all, it's easier. I don't really usually want to get into why I'm not okay. I don't like making other people feel uncomfortable that I'm not okay. Um, and I don't really <laughs> like to accept that I'm not okay. But this whole three month adventure that we've been on um, has just shown me that like, if I say I'm not okay, it's okay because people will either support me, they'll know what's going on. And it's just like, it's so freeing for me to be honest because um, it was so hard for me to let go of that control that I wasn't okay. And so that has just been like the last thing now that I worry about is like, how am I going to show up and make sure I'm presentable to everyone? And I don't like crying in front of people and but now, like, I just cried at the hospital yesterday because I was thanking the people who I greet every day. Like, they, they stand at the front and they greet me every day to see your vaccination card. And I've become friends with them. And they're like, hi, honey, how's it going? How's your husband? And we chat. And so I went to go say goodbye to them. And I just told them, like, them saying, how are you? How's your husband? And just acknowledging me and recognizing me and knowing that I'm there because my husband's there like mm -hmm. that every day made a difference for me. Like people just checking in and saying like, how are you doing? No need to reply. Here's a coffee. Here's an Uber Eats here. Like you both did that, like no pressure. I think I've just honestly been so lucky that I'm already surrounded by people who love me and care for me. And it's just like, I'm just so fortunate that I already have that. I didn't really have to do anything, you know? And then when this all happened, I could just like relax and be like, I'm not okay. Things are not okay, but they will be like, they will be okay. You know? So I don't know. I don't, and I'm also not doing everything. Like that seems my house, like is, it. My house is a like mess. <laughs> no, like my house is a mess. Uh, it's I probably still cleaner than mine. No, <laughs> I have different piles of things, but like, I also find that like this Instagram thing, I get joy from it. I get like, it gives me energy to go on there and like connect with people, post things, remind myself of things I'm passionate about. Like I can't do those things right now, um, but I will do those things later. And so me doing campaigns or just posting books, that's just me like reminding myself that I have things that I'm still interested in and that they will be there when things go back to normal, so.
I think like throughout this whole process, because you know, I read your messages, I'm 90% of the time next to Ellie, my husband, right? And mm. so I, I'm constantly always updating him. So mm -hmm. we're both so invested in like yeah. how things are going and the progression and everything. And then the one thing we always talk about with you is like, I, me and Ellie were always like, she is so strong. Like she's still doing it, you know? And I guess, like throughout all this, most people would just be like, okay, I'm out, like, take me out. I'm not like, I'm not going to do this anymore. Like I need to put my life on hold. And you have shown that it is possible to still hurt and to still go through all the feelings and still be able to look at the light at the end of the tunnel and keep going. Like you kept going, you kept your Instagram. You're better at it than we are. Uh, literally, me and LJ are like, how is she posting two, three times yeah. a day? And I haven't done one in two days. I have people to do mine because I was like, oh God. <laughs> You're so good at it. And I mean, so it I just was very inspiring. Like you were yeah. sharing what was going on, or this is the book for, that we're reading, yeah. or this is what me and Layla are doing today. Like, mm -hmm. So what is it that like inspires you or just what is that voice in your head that's telling you to get up in the morning or you know like to just do it like what is it that is pushing you? I don't know that's really nice of you to say though like I want to call <laughs> it's um that's really nice thank you for even like thinking of us and keeping us in your thoughts and sharing how he's doing um honestly I don't know like part of me I go back and forth where I'm like am I just numb and I'm just oh, going yeah. through the motions mm -hmm. and will this hit me later or the other thing is I feel like sometimes I feel like everything I've gone through in my life has gotten me to this point where I can be strong enough to put up with it and strong enough to deal with it like there's some days like at the very beginning when he went in and we didn't know what was happening and you know, there were times where I was like, is he even going to survive? Like, you know, there were times where I didn't know if that was going to happen. I literally was seeing in my head the things that I have my students say, like, mm -hmm. I can do strong things. I am capable. I can calm myself by breathing. Um, I am loved. I like I was seeing those things in my head. And I remember I was driving. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm seeing the things that I was seeing with the kids. And mm -hmm. when I was seeing it with my students, I wasn't really saying it because I never grew up seeing these things. I never grew up seeing affirmations, right? Mm -hmm. So when I say it with my classes, I'd be like, repeat after me, I am loved. And they'd say, I'm loved. And then part of me in my head was like, this is hokey. Like <laughs> I want them to do it, but like, I didn't really believe it. You know, like I was doing it because I think it's good, but I wasn't fully getting it. And then going through this process, all of those things I was doing, I was using my breathing cards. I was like seeing all this stuff. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm doing the things that I wanted my classes to do. Like I am now doing it. Um, and then the other thing is like, I used to have really bad anxiety in my twenties, like terrible anxiety. It was like debilitating. And so I've been waiting this whole time to like, have my panic attacks and mm. and they haven't really come and so I don't know like I just feel like maybe that was all practice for the time where I actually really really need to be strong and get through this um so yeah I don't and I have 
I literally have people I can lean on. I can send messages to a group, you know, that you're both in. I can say, Sasha's doing this, Sasha's doing that. I don't know how he's doing. And I have, you know, people that I can rely on and just talk to. And so that's really helped. I don't feel like I'm alone. I feel like I'm like lifted up and even people being like, can I help you? What do you need? And then I can be like, okay, I at least have that, but I'm good and I can keep going. So that's been really helpful too. Yeah. It hasn't been easy though. So I was going to ask if people offer help mm -hmm. or speak Layla or anything at all, have you ever said yes? Or, <laughs> or do you say, no, this is, this will segue into something else, but yeah. Okay, so yesterday, like for example, yesterday I did a sound bath. I was carrying, you know, all the bowls and everything's heavy and I have all the boxes, like so many things, right? Like say eight things I'm carrying and they're big and heavy. And then one of the girls was like, can I help you carry it to the car? In my head, I said, that would be so great. But my mouth said, no, I'm good, thanks. Yeah, yeah. And I, I did it at another sound bath and another, I found out later on, cause we've become friends, another mom, this stunning woman, shaved, bald head. She's like, can I help you carry that? And I was like, you know, I'm like, no, I'm good. Thanks. And she just looked and laughed and she goes, leave it to a woman to do everything on their own. Even if somebody's yeah. there to help them. Yeah, totally. Right? Even on Monday, you did that when I was like, you need, or whatever day we did our shoot Sunday. I can't remember whatever day we did our photo shoot and I texted you and you're like you need help you're like no and but then you told me where you were parked and so I was like I'm just gonna come up and help you so just segueing yeah yeah because I mean it's you and your daughter with everything going on and of course when people offer to help I know they want to be there but have you ever said yes or taken somebody up on it or do you genuinely I mean you're you have you're blessed with a family around you and and you know a big support system but have you ever taken anybody up on it or or thought like yeah I'd love to say yes but like the mouth says no I say no quite often because I like to do things myself. I don't like to take from people. Um, so yeah, I'm the same as you. Um, but I have gotten better. So like, for example, LJ, you were one of the first people to like send me a Starbucks card, right? Like now, and like, Barb, you gave me like Uber. He's like, now when people are like, do you need anything? I'm like, yeah, if you want to give me something like a Starbucks card would be great. And so I am more willing. I don't do that all the time. I definitely don't yeah. do that all the time. But if people ask me three or four times, what do you need? I'll say, you know, like, if you really want to, you can, because I think also people want to help. Mm -hmm. right? yeah. want to help they don't know how. And yeah. so if they send me a $10 Starbucks card, like, Aww you know and then now like that's something for me to know too like if someone else is in the hospital or families in the hospital this is what I found helpful um and then you know but I think my natural tendency is always to say no I don't need help because I'm pretty stubborn I like to do it on my own and like you said I just feel bad I don't know I feel like I'm putting it on yeah. them so yeah. I should just figure it out on my own. So like yesterday, for example, the girl was just like, I'm just going to help you carry this. She yeah. didn't ask. Yeah. She, just, she grabbed it and she's like, where am I going to put this? Yeah. And yeah. then in my head, I'm like, thank you. It makes it so much easier. Yeah, I think that's what you need. And this has really forced me out of my comfort zone because before I would never ask people, like you helped, like Barb, you watched uh, Layla the first week he was there because we didn't have anyone to help us. Like we yeah. literally didn't have anyone to help us. And I had to take your help. Mm 
because but I, have to, like, but I did keep asking I feel like I kept asking you know you never asked yeah, yeah I think you, I'm like do you want to can't you come over can't you come yeah. over? Like, she can play with the kids like come on and I had to and that was hard for me but it was only because I was at the point where it's like see my husband or don't see my husband in the hospital those were my mm-hmm. only options and the only way I was going to see my husband was if someone watched Layla right and then mm-hmm. I think I brought food over and you're like do not bring food again or like you're like don't bring food. Like, don't bring anything no she, she brought everything like she was dropping her off for a day camp I'm like it's okay <laughs> and even just with the three kids I can just put them in a room and they will all play together yeah and she yeah. had so much fun and it was like a gift for Layla right like she was also shocked how much Parker fights with the girls she yeah. was like Auntie Barb like Parker is fighting I'm like oh yeah yeah that's normal yeah sibling <laughs> love sibling love um yeah so anyways I think I usually say no because that is what I do, but I am saying yes more often. So, wait, I want to know what Barb's segue question is after this. Oh, there, that was no segue. Sorry, I was oh. connecting the sound bath, I think, thing, oh. this, and how women like the girl who was like, leave it to a woman to always do things on her own. Yeah, 100%. Absolutely. Yeah. But now, like, now that you, um, now that you I'm like I don't want to say that it's better he just moved into a better space yeah so he's medically stable he's medically stable right now um and he's moved from the hospital to a rehab place to regain some strength from like what he's lost from being in the hospital for so long Mm -hmm. so how does that how does that make you like how are you like how does that make you feel how does it make you um I don't know. I don't know how to ask my question. Like, yeah. I mean, I'm for you, I'm, like moving forward. Are yeah. you like, okay, I can get my life in order or are you still in the at pause phase? I think we're, st- I still feel kind of like our life is on hold because he's mm-hmm. still not home. He's still in this facility. Yes. Medically he's stable. So I don't have to worry about like, I don't know. Is his heart going to stop? Like, I know he's okay. And he's still surrounded by doctors and nurses. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, he's still not going to be home for a month or two. And that's still a really long time. Like before this, I don't even know if we were away from each other for more than two nights. Like he's Mm -hmm. never been away from Layla ever. I think I've been away from Layla for a couple of nights and he has been with Layla her whole life. He was her like primary caregiver last year. He stayed home with her when it was COVID and we didn't send her to, um, she went to outdoor preschool, but it wasn't full time. So he was mm-hmm. home with her and they have not been apart. So it's it, obviously I'm so happy. Um, I'm very hopeful and happy and optimistic, but it's still going to be, you know, a month or two before we're kind of back to then. And even when he's home, it's still going to be a recovery, right? It's not going to be yeah. Back to normal. Yeah. And then how has it been? like as a parent like with Layla how from when it all first started like because on top of you and we've praised you for managing your businesses so well (laughs) um we never really asked you about like how has it been on the back end of you know managing emotions because I can only imagine emotions were high for a kid who doesn't understand she's five right so yeah 
Well, the amazing, okay, so a couple positive things. First of all, she knew he was not doing very well before he went to the hospital. Mm -hmm. So I could explain to her, like, daddy wasn't feeling well. Now he's being taken care of. So she had that direct correlation. She didn't see him getting taken away by in the ambulance. It wasn't like traumatic or anything like that. Um, so that's been a really good thing. She was in school, like consistently um, for the first term. She She's not there right now just because uh, we're worried about COVID and him getting sick, but she was consistently there. So she had that routine, which was really great. Um, she's only had a couple of meltdowns and she's very good at expressing her thoughts and feelings. So she has said like, I remember when I used to get all the attention and now daddy's getting all the attention and I want your attention again. And so, but at least I know how she's feeling. At least she's not just screaming and can't communicate that. She wants more attention. I want more attention. Everyone wants attention. So that's been helpful. Um, I mean, obviously she's, she's an only child. So I have this guilt, like, oh, she doesn't have a sibling, but then I don't know how I would do this with more kids. (laughs) I I just think this is more energies to have to like, Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. So, and I, we, we have to sleep in the same bed because we're out with my parents. So like we're together all the time. Um, like when I'm not with my husband, I'm with Layla. And so she's getting a lot of attention. She also was really missing my parents because we used to live with them. And then they've, we haven't lived with them for a couple of years. So she's getting like tons of grandparent attention. Um, you know, so like, it's been okay. It's been fine. Um, and I think she's at the age where she's getting a little bit more independent and mature. And so it was really hard at the beginning. Like I was, there were a couple of times where I was driving her to school and I would just be like bawling for like, just out of nowhere, I would just start crying and she'd be like, it's okay, mommy. I miss daddy too, but like, he's okay. He's being taken care of. I know you miss him. Don't worry about him. So she was consoling me, which is like amazing because that's great. But I also didn't want to put that on her either. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I tried to cry a lot more after she was sleeping at the beginning instead of when she was awake. Um, I also have a really good relationship with her teacher. And so I could tell her like, this is what's happening. If Layla's having an issue, just, wow. you know, give her some grace. And so I think overall, like she's been pretty supported and she hasn't had a ton of, I just didn't, my biggest fear was I did not want this to be traumatizing for her. Mm-hmm. And so far, I feel like it hasn't been traumatizing, um, but we'll have to see. But like, I really feel like she can see him getting better. And we kept her out of the hospital as much as possible, just so it wasn't anything scary for her. So she only actually saw him four times in the three months. Um, wow. Yeah. But in all honesty, that's probably better because she probably saw him at his strongest point in the yeah, hospital. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And we did a lot of FaceTime. So she FaceTimes mm-hmm. with him like almost daily, or when he wasn't able to FaceTime, we would take pictures or I would like write a note and give it to her from him. Um, so she felt like there was always that connection. He's so. like a parent going on a work trip. I know. I, <laughs> I know. was going to say, it really, like, yeah. you're, you're saying that your whole life experience, what you've been taught, what you've been brought up on, even the Mimo, pro- like the prepared environment, yeah. the Mimo project, it really kind of, I mean, not to sound cliche, but it all came into play like for this time in your oh. life. 
totally I don't know how it just it did it came together like and even now like I never want I never would wish that my husband got sick ever 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 but I'm really like how can I not even as a business thing but like how can I I want to support people who are going through this because I never thought about people who were at the hospital because I never had anyone who was sick before but now it's like I've heard stories of people like just when I'm sitting in the waiting room like their loved ones were in a house fire or like they're, they've been in the ICU for six months or like just people are going there every day to see their loved ones. And I never thought about that. So I'm like, I need to come up with like an affirmation card kit for all the things I wish I had that I needed to hear. I want to make that. And like, maybe that will help someone else. Um, Mm -hmm. So like, I just want this to be something where instead of it's, a traumatic period in our life I want it to be like this is a good positive thing can come out of this for everyone mm-hmm. for Layla my husband for myself um there's got to be something good that comes from this right so mm-hmm. yeah I think already the fact that you were saying earlier you had mentioned how you know you did the affirmations with the kids but you didn't fully believe yeah them. you believed in it but you yeah. weren't fully like wholeheartedly in engrossed in the whole experience yeah and the fact that you needed it for yourself yeah and you had you had the tools already and then it like grew into this thing I think that's so beautiful to see that it was all encompassing right like it went full circle back to you and then I just think for the Mabel project you know that will take you to another level because now you it was a lived experience so it's I hope beautiful. so. Yeah, yeah, I hope so. And that's the whole thing. Like, I always yeah. say to parents, like, use this kit before your child needs it so they're familiar with it. And yeah. like, I always say that because um, I do believe it. But like, mm-hmm. I just, when I was sleep deprived and I was crying all the time, like, I would be, wa- I just remember walking to the hospital. It was raining and I was like, I can do this. I can do hard things. I, and I'm like, oh my God, Sarah, I am doing what, like, I'm reading the cards. Like, <laughs> what the fuck is happening because I didn't actually think this would happen but like yeah it's in my brain from doing it so much with the kids right mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. it does work if I can do it at 41 like how much easier is it for a five-year-old to do it right mm-hmm. they don't yeah. have all the other cluttered stuff like I have all the other negative self-talk in my head from 41 years of learning that they don't yeah. have right so yeah um, question. I was driving, listening to another podcast, Chelsea Handler's actually, and she was talking about her therapist and then her producer was talking about her therapist. And I'm like, yeah. well, maybe I need a therapist because, you know, we go through a lot of shit. And nobody talks about it. Is that something you would consider? Or do you feel like you want to talk to an outside person about this? Just, I don't know, just to talk you through it. Cause you've been through yeah. a lot the last few weeks. Well, okay. So what? I'm all about therapists. I'm all about help. Like, like I said, when I had my anxiety in my twenties, I went to like therapists. I read every single anxiety book. I did like a lot of self-help. Mm-hmm. Um, and I noticed that it helped me. Um, and so actually through my union, I have to see a psychologist oh. to stay mm-hmm. on leave. And so I started working with a psychologist, um, you like them. Yeah, I like her. She's super supportive. We, she definitely went through everything and she's like, yeah, you have some anxiety. And um, I thought maybe I was like 
getting a little bit depressed because there's just moment I've never had since I started the prepared environment. I've never had a moment where I'm not inspired to do anything. Like I always want to do something. I'm always like, like thinking. And there were some times where I was like, I'm just not even motivated. Like I don't even want to do anything. And that's not like Mm -hmm. me at all. And so I told her that, and I was having problems sleeping. And um, so I thought maybe I was getting depressed and she's like, it's not depression. It's just grief. You're grieving for your life that you had and the life that you thought you would have, and you're not going to have that life anymore. So you're grieving it. Like your husband is not going to be able to do the things that you wanted him to do. He wanted to do. It doesn't look like the way you thought it would look. Um, And so that's grief and grief is a lot easier to deal with than depression, right? So it's still hard, but it's not a clinical thing. So just, I think having that kind of title or recognition of like what I'm going through is hard and this is grief and I can deal with it. um, That's helped. So I'm going to continue to work with her. Um, But yeah, I think therapists are amazing. I think we laughed enough. We cried enough. Yeah. Oh my God. You almost made me like, I, like, I don't know if you could see. I actually I can't that. look at LJ because I almost started crying. I was like, I'm not even looking at you. I'm just going to look in the corner. Cause I'm going to start because I've done like, when I cry, I sob. And so I can't even stop myself. So I was like, I'm just not going to cry. Like yesterday I was crying all day, just like all day, just it's crying. It's yeah. a release. Yeah. But it's just, you know what, honestly, it sounds like I can't even believe I'm saying this but this whole thing has just shown me like there are so many good things in the world and like this whole every time I would go there and someone would like wave to like there's like this male guy and he's like hey friend and I'm like hi I don't even know if we know each other like the first time he said hey friend I was like is there someone behind me like and then I was like oh he's talking to me like I think he thinks I'm someone else but I just waved to him and you know it's just like little things that will get you through and so I told them yesterday you honest, it's so cliche. And I know, but like, you don't know who you are impacting. Like when you wave at someone instead of like flipping them off or whatever it is, they literally could be dealing with something so traumatic in their life. Yeah. I'm looking at you, but they could be looking at, they could be dealing with something traumatic or not like 99% of the time, maybe they're not, but that 1% of the time, like you're making such a difference for that person. And so like going forward, I think I'm just going to try to be nicer to people. And what know. a great lesson. This no, honestly, nice. I'm, I'm like, and we're going to end the show there yeah. because that's really, no, I think that's awesome. It, with the life, with your life being turned upside down like this, it has given like you really are grateful for the little things. Yeah. 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 I mean, and it's a great reminder for us too, because I know you tell us all the time, I know your partners can be annoying, but you really have to be grateful for them. And I tell Ben that you said that. And I go, even though she said that, and I appreciate it, you're still annoying as fuck. So please, like, get out of my face. Sarah was like telling us, preaching to us about how nice she's going to be. <laughs> and then I saw her at that market and she's like, oh, she did what a bitch of us now. Or because he was like and you know, so you know annoying <laughs> I was really trying I was really trying and he was like what was he saying like oh you're not doing this right or something like that I think you were I remember one time you were yeah oh yeah I couldn't and he's like closer closer and then I get closer he like coughs on me and I'm like oh my gosh I'm trying to be so or like put the bed up up 
down. No, I said down. No, like I try. I definitely try. Some days are easier than others, but I do. I wish I could go back to when he was home and I was complaining because, you know, all the things you take for granted are things that you will want when you're in a situation where you don't have that, right? So it's still, I'm still annoyed with him, but it's way less than before. I'll say that. I'm a much better wife now to him than before. I think that's beautiful. That's real, man. Yeah. Can't be yeah. perfect 100% yeah. of the time. And yeah. that's I'll, I'll have to say, yeah, your situation has uh, made my relationship better. Good. <laughs> yeah, because I'm making it, I know I've been a really bitchy wife that like wouldn't put out because I'm just fucking tired as hell. And now I'm like, you know what? We will do some something sexual once <laughs> yeah. a week. Yeah. It's so, a good one, goal. One thing yeah. once a week. And yeah. so, I mean, we were doing once a month and I got like, that was sad. So Ellie, now, you're welcome if you're listening. You're very welcome. <laughs> yeah, you can send me a Starbucks card. <laughs> no, but like, it's, it, it is important. It is important to see that, right? Like, I think people can get into like a rut in your life, just in general, where you just are like, this is hard. And you know what? Before he went to the hospital, it was hard. It still was hard, but it was way yeah. easier than now. It's so, I told my best friend, like every time for a period of time, I'd be like, this cannot get any harder. Mm. It got harder. Mm-hmm. Like every time, like when I was going to work and he was sick at home and I was with Layla and I was caring for her. I was like, this is so hard. I can't do this anymore. I was complaining. And then mm-hmm. he went to the hospital and I was like, I would love to have that time back. Mm-hmm. It's not going to get harder than mm-hmm. this. And then it got way harder. And then things, he just got every complication you could get. So like, it just got harder and harder and harder. And I was like, Hey, you know what? Things can always be harder. That is a lesson. They literally yeah. can be right. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh my God, I feel like that not about work. And I'm like, oh, I can't get worse than this, can it? It can. can. It can. But it's also like, I also realize though, you can't have the toxic positivity either. Like when things are hard, they're hard. So like accept that they're hard and it's okay that things are hard. But when, when you, I think for me, it's just like, everything's relative. Like things have been harder than they are now. So I just have to remember that I've dealt with harder. We've been harder places. We are in a better place now than we have been. So I just have mm-hmm. to remember that. Mm-hmm. Okay. I love that so much. I can take so yeah. many points and quotes from this. Mm-hmm. No, but I mean, really all mm-hmm. the, all the things that you've been through and all the things that you've shared, it's just such good points and good reminders for everybody just to have that much more gratitude about like in the moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We're just like, you know, enjoying your marriage. (laughs) Appreciating your partner. Yeah. Appreciate. And you know what? It is easier to be grateful when you're happy. Like when you're in a good mood, you're like, the sun is shining. Like, like there's an ego. And when you're in a bad mood, it's hard to even be like grateful for anything. But I really try to practice even like I have a cup of coffee. My coffee is good. That's one thing I can at least be thankful for, right? It's like one thing. Um but you have coffee. (laughs) Thank God for coffee. Yeah. 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 Got me through. (laughs) I know actually I was listening to another podcast today because I was stuck in traffic. You guys can come in. Oh They were locked out of the studio this whole time. Oh, he's sitting here. Oh no! They're so <laughs> like, "Yo, bitch, get off your Zoom call." That whole time, oh, oh my god! 
waving. I know. <laughs> Come back in anytime. And LJ's like, hi. Yeah. Um, I'm like, you can totally come in. I'm like, you can come in. She's like, we can. Yeah. Sarah, thank you so much for hanging out with us today and for so openly and honestly sharing your story. Honestly, we really appreciate it. And we're so happy you could make time to join us because I know you're super busy. So thank you for squeezing us in. Thank you for having me and congratulations on your new podcast. I'm so proud of you and I will be listening. I'm just <laughs> so excited to see what happens and how this goes. And I love the name. Very original. We will Thank look you. forward to seeing you next Tuesday. See you next Tuesday, guys. <laughs> and that's a wrap on another episode. Hope you enjoyed meeting Sarah and being here to listen to her journey. To connect with Sarah directly, you can find her at thepreparedenvironmentproject.com. We can't wait to see you next Tuesday.